Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AdCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I am your host, Ranu. And I'm the other host, Sue. <laughs> We're ordinary hosts this week uh, because AD stands for Ancillary Talk. Um, we'll be talking about stuff and things, um, catching up on basically the past month. We've uh, been up to some shenanigans. <laughs> That is true. We have we have certainly been up to uh quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't uh I'm not going to lie the past like month has been kind of a blur. Mm. Not in a, not in an amazing way. It, just in a kind of like where where did my month go? I think the the pandemic blues hit me with a little little bit of a delayed sort of uh delayed sort of bump there, which is you know, unfortunate. Uh, that's that's not amazing, but um, I've been been getting by. Uh, yeah, last episode was our sampler episode, and um, yeah, we've been doing our best, but uh, I I think I think all of us have been have been kind of busy uh, recently. I know you've been like dying at work recently, <laughs> um, which which you know implies that there are times when you're not dying at work, but. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you are dying more than others. Dying at home. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because cause Buppy. Buppy. The Buppy is yeah. probably the biggest um, energy drainer. <laughs> oh, I, I bet, yeah. Anytime we, like, hang out and, like, uh, you know, watch anime or mm-hmm. uh, or or play D&D together, I, mm-hmm. like, every now and again, you just hear, ah, no, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the chiding voice of Mother <laughs> Renu. <laughs> oh, Buppy. <laughs> oh, oh, Buppy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I feel like uh, my my audio would probably sound something like that if I if I occupied the same building as as Philip. Uh, <laughs> God knows that that boy's a that boy's a disaster. Oh, kitty. <laughs> I love my kitty, but he's uh. He he gets up to so much trouble. Uh, like recently, um, I had to explain to my dad that he like we've had to take him to to the vet because he like swallows things that he's not supposed to eat. Uh-huh. Um, namely hair ties. But like I'm I'm afraid that he'll he'll just like kind of grab anything that is like f- that can fit in his mouth and swallow it. Uh-huh. So I'm like. I'm afraid that he will eat like screws or something if you let yeah, him into the garage. Yeah, yeah, Please yeah, do not yeah. let him into the garage. And my dad's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, if he's in the garage, he can't get out. Um, and then he got into the garage, and then he got out. So, <laughs> oh so, because so, uh, we have a we have a cat door um, in our garage door, uh, namely so that Bark could could come and go. Um, but at a certain point, we uh, had to had to tape it up because raccoons came through it <gasps> and into our house Whoa. and started like eating eating our 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 snacks and stuff and Whoa. then just leaving that's crazy right? um i remember when I, I woke up one day and like um i i like went to to uh to the main house and i i saw like a bunch of like crumbs everywhere and i'm like well bark wouldn't do this he wouldn't he wouldn't get into food like this and philip's not out you know mm-hmm. um philip's in his room so uh yeah, my dad checked like the security footage, uh, and it, it's it's raccoons. They were just breaking into our house, so my dad taped the door shut. Um, but because they're taped to prevent raccoons from getting in, it's not taped to prevent Phillips from getting out. 
So he just fucking rammed his face in and just like broke through the tape and left <laughs> it, like a clump of fur on on the tape and then oh just like ran into the God. deck. Um. So so yeah, that's been kind of that's been kind of weird. But um, my my family has been building a deck uh in our backyard. Ooh. That's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming along quite nicely. Uh, it it's pretty much done. It it like it just needs a roof. Um, but like, you know, they, they put all the wood down and they washed it and they, they nice. you know, put like a coat of oil on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been drying for like days now. I don't, I don't know if that, <laughs> I'm sure at some point it will normalize, but every day I, I walk over that I'm just like, this looks like slick with oil. <laughs> um, <laughs> it takes a long time to dry. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's important to, to make sure that your, your furniture does not, or your deck that you, you so painstakingly built does not, not degrade in any way but yeah um i think the biggest thing that i've been up to recently is um i went on a little little trip uh mm. to uh you know a, a cabin in the middle of the woods and um uh, <laughs> i say the middle of the woods it, it's not so far removed from society right it's like it's a horror movie it's like a, it's, yeah right <laughs> not not quite it's it's like a rental like um that my uh that my friend's family owns um and we went up there, so um, mm. we got to hang out there. Uh, we uh, spent like you know, just spent like a nice, like solid weekend there. Um, I got to see some of my friends that I, I haven't in a while. Obviously, everyone was like vaccinated and stuff. Um, I got to see some of my uh, like one of my friends that you know moved to Seattle. Um, like she flew down for uh, for the trips. So that I mean, that was that was very fun. Um, I did, I think. I I think I I very much approached, if not achieved, the the drunkest I've ever been in my life. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> uh, just just because you know, uh, it's like the first time you really get to hang out with your friends in like a year and a bit, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're you you missed a year of your early twenties, uh, and you're now in your mid twenties, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just you're just gonna reclaim a little bit of that time by just drinking yourself stupid. Uh, drink responsibly, kids. By the way, um, I'm hearing a lot do, of excuses. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that that trip was that trip was super fun. Uh, mm. We got to hang out. Uh, we took like a boat out onto the lake. We mm. uh, we we did lots of cooking. Uh, we did some Korean barbecues uh, at home, of course. Uh, we uh, we did some some, uh, and this was the night that I got really drunk. We did some uh, some YouTube karaoke. Um, just by putting like, just like, like by putting like, you know, YouTube karaoke songs up on, on the, yeah. on like a TV, right? Projecting mm-hmm. them and like singing along. It was super fun. Um, I, I highly recommend that kind of stuff, uh, because I, I had a, an absolute blast. I was a little bit worried because we didn't have like microphones or anything. And like, I feel like part of the karaoke experience is having that like, like intensely reverby microphone <laughs> that just goes like, wah, 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 wah. you're like, hello. hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think probably the thing that I have missed the most since since like pandemic started uh, has has been karaoke, like private room karaoke. Um, oh, it's I mean, I think it's probably it's it's something like deep down in my in my like Asian blood, right? Like <laughs> like I don't I think if you <laughs> I think if you looked at the entirety of like uh, of of Asia, like you would not find a single place where they're like, nah, I don't I don't I'm not really feeling karaoke. They fucking love it, you know. So 
I've only been yeah. a handful of times in my life. <laughs> oh my god, Ranu, we should go together sometime. <laughs> oh my god, Ranu, we should go together sometime. <laughs> that would be so fun. It would be we fun. We could sing we could sing all the bullshit anime songs together. Oh my god, we could sing all the Yakuza songs. <laughs> okay, no 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 joke. Uh I, I sang all the Yakuza songs. Um <laughs> So I I know Bakamitai and nice. uh, Twenty Four Hour Cinderella. Oh, good! Uh, f- like pretty much, pretty much, I got them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm working on uh, Judgment and uh, <laughs> Machine Gun Kiss. <laughs> so um, absolutely, uh, I would be so stoked to to do karaoke uh, to, uh, with you and get to sing the Yakuza songs. We could do at Judgment. That'd be super fun. Oh man. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like like maybe maybe sometime in the future we can even like go to go to Japan and go to a karaoke bar. Right <gasps> that would be magical. Doesn't that sound fun? Oh, yeah. wouldn't that be magical? Sing, yeah. singing singing some bakamitai oh in, my a, gosh. in a tiny Japanese like karaoke yes. rental room. Uh have some uh poor server paid like minimum wage serve you drinks. <laughs> It doesn't get more immersive than that. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. That's exactly what it is, you know? Um that's that's the feeling. That's the mm-hmm. feeling. So, um that sounds that sounds super fun. Yeah. Uh, I would I would love to do that. But yeah, I had I had a great time. Um and like I think I think the last like couple of weeks I've mostly like I have spent a lot of time like just hanging out with um uh with my friends, you mm-hmm. know? Um we're all vaccinated. We we all get together and have a little like little little friend hangout in our house and yeah I I and I, I mean I I'm at the best of times um like a pretty introverted person uh mm-hmm. generally speaking uh which is kind kind of funny but also like uh like very much true <laughs> you're a very um, social introverted person <laughs> I'm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm very social with like people that I'm I'm comfortable with, um, and I think like I think I can usually like maintain energy as long as I'm surrounded by people. Um, and as soon as as soon as those people like uh, as soon as like the energy kind of drops, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. um, I I think I can like sustain the momentum of uh, of hanging out, but mm. uh, I find that. Um, definitely afterwards, I, I need, I need time alone. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been really weird, actually, the last couple, uh, last couple of weeks, um, because I've spent so much time hanging out with my friends, um, because, you know, like, stuff is opening up again, uh, my, my friends are, like, you know, getting jobs, uh, one of them is moving to, to Denmark, so, like, you Whoa. know, we want to make sure we we get all uh, all the hangout times in, you know, before uh, before it becomes uh, a lot harder to schedule that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, especially yeah. If someone's going overseas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's that's kind of wild, but I mean, um, he's been trying to go there for for a while, so it's oh well, you know. good for him. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I I have also just I think um, on the other end of that spectrum. Uh, I think like spending a lot of time with other people has been has been somewhat tiring. Also, like sure. I, I think I need to counterbalance it with like time for for myself. Of course. So, um, mm-hmm. I've been I've been spending a lot of time reading uh, manga in bed, <laughs> like just lying down in bed and reading manga. Um, <laughs> yes, classic. <laughs> I have spent 
I have spent maybe maybe an inadvisable amount of time recently <laughs> doing that. I Yeah. Uh I I've just been really, really feeling like it, you know? Um yeah. to the point where I'm I'm just like Oh no, I'm like running out of things to read. Oh my god. How do you run out of things to read in the vastness of the internet? <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes you're in the mood for like a certain kind of thing and you read a bunch of stories that are that are like that. Like uh-huh. this is like when I fell into the like the, the villainous he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like it's funny that I should bring that up because I I basically went back and I just reread all of the villainous isekais <laughs> because I was like I'm really feeling this genre right now I'm gonna go back and read some of these, um, and I ended up reading like I think I think almost all of them. Oh so my god! I I might have I might have gone back and, and reread almost every single one. There are so um, many. <laughs> I know. I mean, there's a lot of new ones too that that I yeah. was like, ooh, a new one, and then I I would obviously you know catch up on that. Um, and I think. I think I've like thoroughly exhausted the the genre um, for the moment. I think I need to to return uh, at a later date <laughs> to uh, uh, oh my gosh, know, let some of that some, let some of that fruit ripen. If you, if you know, wow, you know. don't say it like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that does sound a little weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's kind of more or less what I've been up to. Uh, Obviously, if if I remember anything else, like I'll, I'll I'll bring it up, but um, that's that's what comes to mind at least. Mm, all right. What whatever what have you been up to? Um, I aside from Buppy, I have also um taken a trip. Um, I actually took a trip to Portland. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And um. That was a lot of fun. It was basically for um my good friend's like birthday bash. Um nice. So uh she invited a couple of uh her close friends to go with her to Portland and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we went up there and we did a lot of hiking and eating. <laughs> um the the two men in our group were extremely insistent that we basically use scooters as our main mode of transportation across the city. What? And I what? really didn't. Huh? I I, re- I didn't want to be those tourists, but also they. I couldn't stop them. <laughs> what? I mean, I I guess so. Yeah. Like they're around and people yeah. use them. Yeah. Um, I think the I, I think. I surely they must be like around in like you know like San Francisco and stuff, but I feel like I feel I don't know why I, I get the distinct impression those scooters are like a very like Pacific Northwest thing. Like it it, it seems like a very um, Portland Seattle thing to me. I think it's become more of like a uh, a city type of thing because they're in San Antonio as well, and also oh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I've seen interesting. That. Yeah, so I think Although, they're just becoming more popular. Yeah. I think probably part of the reason they're not as popular here is because it's very hilly. Right. And over here in Houston, it's very spread out. So it would take yeah, you forever very to, flat. to scoot. Yeah. yeah. So I think in, in these kinds of cities where, you know, you can walk from place to place, it's like, why not Why not scoot your way over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah. But yeah. So we did like all, like probably too much of that. Um, that the, the image of you on a scooter is just very funny to me. <laughs> I I was I had fun for like the first day or so, but after that, I was like, I'm so over it. 
I'm over these scooters. I just just like the mental image of like Renu like on a on a scooter putt putt. Just <laughs> I was too scared like, to go super fast too. <laughs> oh, I mean, those things are really scary. It's yeah. like like they they put like a motor in them and yeah. like but but it's a scooter, so it's not like it has any of the like protections. Exactly, of, like, you have even, no like, a protection, bicycle. right? Yeah. yeah. So that, it just seems like very, very stressful overall. Yeah, no, I was, uh, <laughs> I was like stressed about you know going over little bumps and things, and potentially the little wheels maybe getting caught on like a, a crevice and then flipping me all the way over. But it, like it literally happened to one of the dudes in our group. He was going oh down God. this hill, and he just. <laughs> He just wiped out at the bottom and no. he like, you know, like did the whole like head over heels roll over kind of deal. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, it's like the worst of both worlds of like walking and being on a bicycle. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I, I okay. On, on one hand, I do understand, like I get it because like a scooter is obviously a very, um, like easy to sort of intuitive like into it vehicle right, right? yeah if you've never been taught how to ride a bicycle a bicycle can be kind of intimidating yeah yeah um and you generally like don't really want to be riding them on like you know uh the streets where people are walking mm-hmm. so like you're exposed to the you know the cars and, mm-hmm. and the bike lane and, and you're kind of at the mercy of that mm-hmm. um but the scooters feel like that but like endlessly worse <laughs> Like, I th- I I think it's like the concept is all right. I guess like when you think about it, you know, it's like well, you could just like pick it up and then you know drop it off wherever. Um, yeah, and then mm-hmm. you know you go to go to the nearest one and and pick up the. But right. Like, yikes! It was um. I think everyone in our group at least like mildly stumbled while on the scooter at least once even i did um we were, we were pulling into a, a pizza place and mm-hmm. um i guess the uh, accelerator was still pushed down like just <gasps> slightly and so even though i was braking it was still pushing forward and i didn't realize i was like oh my gosh what's wrong like is the brake not working and so i was trying to stop and so i was like i put my my heel down and like it was like the, you could hear like the rubber of my shoes like screeching against the pavement as I was oh trying to get the thing to stop. And then finally, I I realized what was wrong and I and uh you know fully let go of the accelerator and that meant that the scooter like <gasps> jerked to a stop and I almost like <laughs> went forward. Oh no! But thankfully, I caught myself. And then the people that. like sitting outside the pizza place like started clapping. <laughs> Oh my god! I, like, I think uh, I think that's such a mortifying experience. I think if I if I had done that, even if I had not sustained bodily harm, the fact that people outside witnessed me do that yeah. and then started clapping in acknowledgement, yeah. I would have instantly like burst into flames. <laughs> that's not that's not okay. Like like these things don't come with helmets, do they? No, no. Yeah, that's kind of that's what I thought. That's awful. <laughs> Oh my I think, god! I think it advises you to wear safety equipment and stuff, but of course we. But but don't. like then you'd have to carry your own safety yeah, equipment. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! It's like fine. I I get it, but also Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just kind of makes you wish that public transportation was like better. Yeah. So like a lot of stuff in Portland is still shut down. Um, and I actually mm. when I went there, I got a little bit of culture shock because. 
mm-hmm. you know, Texas and Oregon are very different places. <laughs> yeah, that is very, that's very true. They're very similar in like certain aspects, but like yeah. for the most part, they're very different places. Yeah, um, especially Portland uh, from Houston. And so uh, like they up there, they're still like pretty um, strict with the COVID um their their covid policies whereas houston is just like we're free <laughs> and so yeah, um, yeah 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 i was like oh yeah i, I gotta be like more careful now because people up here mm-hmm. are like very you know concerned about that still and you know it's not as like a days ago uh in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as like in texas so um uh we noticed that also um i i didn't do any kind of like research as to what portland was like um before mm-hmm. going um, and so we noticed that there was uh, a lot of young people and sure. a lot of people with colored hair. And I thought yes, that was just yeah. so endlessly mm-hmm. fascinating. <laughs> yep, yep. Local Texan goes to goes to yeah. liberal West Coast city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> discovers a whole new a whole new sea of color. It was very yeah. fun. I was like, wow, look at all this. This is great. And they were like um, really fun old people there too, you know, like like old mm-hmm. people with young spirits, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was fun, and uh, I didn't know that Portland had such like a huge homeless situation as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's definitely definitely like a like a thing. I mean, Portland yeah. is also like um still still one of those places that is like very much actively in like, you know, conflict with with like police and stuff. Yeah, like um, we saw it's like a um, whole situation. Uh, an active uh protest against um you know, the stuff happening down in like Israel and all that and Yeah, um, totally, totally. Yeah. So um the fact that the the homeless tents were basically pitched right outside the uh the police department was crazy it's, it was they were like yeah. next to each other um so yeah i don't know it was it was a very interesting vacation um my i guess my favorite part was all of the really really gorgeous outdoorsy stuff um mm-hmm. it's we... a very it's a very like pretty city i think uh, like oh yeah yeah as far as like a city goes like mm-hmm. the the skyline of, of portland is is very nice yeah it's really nice it's it's beautiful i um i'm hoping to maybe come back when there's more stuff open like in the future sure um, sure yeah 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 it's uh it was really nice and i uh we ended up like hiking around several of the mountains like around mm-hmm. you know the city like within driving distance and stuff um we mm-hmm. hiked like the hardest hike was going up like a mile vertically up a waterfall essentially (laughs) like the trail like switched back and forth to get us all the way to the tippy top of this waterfall and it was brutal so did you uh was where was that like where did you go um i i'm trying to remember the name of the place um i think it was called let me type it up mount multnomah falls that's where we went Mm, interesting yeah um, yeah, lot lot of lot of nature over there. Um, yeah, Portland people very proud of uh, very proud of the trees and stuff. Yeah, no, it was super green, like really really pretty. Um, and we also went to Crater Lake. Um, yeah, did gorgeous. you know that Crater Lake is the deepest lake in the continental United States at uh, I think nineteen hundred feet, which is three hundred feet deeper than the second deepest lake in the continental United States, <laughs> Lake Tahoe. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> 
I did not know that. You know what? I went there and I didn't know that. So thank you. <laughs> I I don't. I, okay. For a little context, I I do not know when or why this started, <laughs> but uh-huh. um, I think it was because so like Lake Tahoe is the um it's the lake that uh borders um uh or it's like basically on the border of California and Nevada mm. um and uh it's a very like it's it's one of those like California things like Lake Tahoe mm-hmm. um I guess like I guess it could be a Nevada thing too but like Californians like fucking love Lake Tahoe like the 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 place we went to um when we went up to uh uh stay in the cabin that was that was Lake Tahoe oh, uh, that okay. was where we went mm-hmm. went out on the lake um but I I think I remember specifically um it might have been when I was like moving down with my with my partner they were talking about like uh about Crater Lake um and I was like I was like reading about I think it was because I was like, I wonder how deep Lake Tahoe is, and uh, I uh, it just sent me to an article that was like five deepest lakes in United in the United States, and I was like, oh cool, Lake Tahoe is is the the second deepest lake in the United States. Oh, the fur the like the the number one spot goes to Crater Lake. <laughs> Your memory really latched onto that. I think that's amazing. <laughs> um, well, no, it's because I've I've made that exact same joke like I think I think like twenty times in the. What last, do you mean? Wait. What? Where, like, anytime someone talks about Lake Tahoe or Crater Lake, I just start saying those words. I'm just like, did you know that Crater Lake is the deepest lake in the continental United States at 1,900 feet? It's also apparently one of the cleanest because there's only one path that goes all the way down to the lake shore. Yeah. 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 Well, um, both both Crater Lake and Lake Tahoe are very, very clean lakes. Mm. Um, there's a lot of, like... Uh, sort of um conservatorship like yeah. uh protectiveness of like the the cleanliness of the lake that if you if you live in California you see people with like keep tahoe blue uh stickers on their mm-hmm. like cars mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and they're talking about how like the you know you shouldn't litter and stuff and uh something keeping algae blooms out like making sure the water doesn't turn green basically mm. um and i got i got to say it's very very pretty oh it's um, gorgeous yeah i got to i got to dunk my body into the to that lake so now there's a <laughs> wow there's a little a, bit of you in there a little, little bit less blue i think now that there's a little the bit lake. of a little bit of me in there you know <laughs> what is what is a lake but a large soup um that lake is fucking cold by the way oh my god <laughs> i it's um cuz cuz like the, it, it gets filled with like melting like snow water yeah, from the mountain yeah, tops. Yeah, right. So like I dipped my body in yeah. and I was like, "Oh, my body's in shock." I have no doubt that Crater Lake is the same because there were still uh snow on the peaks surrounding the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Tahoe too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Any, nice. Anyway. You got Crater, to go Crater in Lake. there. Yeah. I, I have never been to Crater Lake, but now now I think I'm obligated to go. I think you as, have to go since you make this joke apparently many times. Yeah, as as the as the purveyor of lake facts, right? <laughs> yeah. Um as as the, the controller of, of lakefacts uh dot com, you know? I, I should I'm obligated to go and, and uh see it for myself. Yeah, I think um summertime is like a really good time to go because even though there was snow out, it actually wasn't that cold. Like yeah. you would think that it would be, you know, snow temperatures or whatever, but Listen, uh, I I, I yeah. got to tell you, uh mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, Oregon gets cold. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm God. really glad we went to in the summer because, you know, it's it was... a freaking northern state. 
<laughs> it was very jarring mm-hmm. um, because uh, when I was up there in in March, it, mm-hmm. like at night, it would like dip sometimes dip below freezing temperatures. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like when, when like the night we like left or the mm-hmm. morning we left, I think it was like thirty five degrees outside or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And and then I got like down here to to the Bay Area, and it was like it was like eighty. It was like 80 <laughs> degrees outside. And that was like just getting started. And I was like, it's so fucking hot here. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I w- and then it only got hotter. So, uh. <sighs> <laughs> I actually packed warmer, you know, to go up to Oregon. And mm-hmm. it turns out that we- the during the time that we went, the weather was quite similar between Texas and Oregon. And so I was sweating yeah. in my clothes. Yeah, yeah. It was miserable. <laughs> When okay wait uh when exactly did you go like how recently? Uh June beginning of June. Beginning of June? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um mm-hmm. right now the the entire west coast is like just like blazing hot. Wow. Um we are uh currently in the midst of what one might refer to as an unprecedented climate climatological event. Uh-huh. Uh where, uh, yeah, the other day it was 108 degrees outside here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Lori, it was hot. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I, feel, I actually feel really bad for uh, people in Seattle because they're enduring their, like, 108 heat wave, and mm-hmm. it's much worse up there mm-hmm. because, like, at least down here, uh, there's kind of a chance that you might have air conditioning. Um like central air conditioning. Right, yeah, you guys are more prepared for it. Yeah, like North, Northern California is like pretty, like, uh, uh, depends, um, especially like your proximity to, to the water. The closer you are to the water, the less likely you are to have it. Mm. But, um, yeah. But Seattle, no, like zero, right? Like <laughs> there's just no air conditioning up there. So I, I mean, like I really just, I, I just feel so bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's not that's not great, you know. No. Uh, no, nobody should have to endure that kind of heat with without proper like air conditioning. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's awful. Yeah, and it, and it's like legitimately dangerous too. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah. Yikes! Uh, big yikes! I mean, blessed that that we are down here. Um, even my shed has air conditioning, so I w- wow. I will survive. Uh, so good. long as so long as our house itself does not get caught in a wildfire, uh, we 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 are chilling. But uh, yeah, definitely. If you if you live on the west coast now is a, now is like the sort of cutoff point of when you have to get air purifiers uh, and air conditioners and um, maybe some extra masks for good measure uh, and especially like bug out bags, like um, like a bag just full of stuff to to take and leave. Mm. Um, yeah, it's um pretty rough state, I gotta say, on, on the West Coast. Uh, climate change do be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've actually been I've been comparing like uh what temperature it is with uh with uh, one of my other friends that lives lives in Texas, and it's it's just like, oh, sometimes it's hotter here than in Texas. That doesn't seem right. Right, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it should be happening. Yeah, over here it's been I I would say today it got up to like the upper 80s 
Um, mm-hmm. It's actually cooled yeah. down a bit this week, but I think next week it'll be back in the 90s. Um, it's actually, uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's actually been uh, quite a reasonable, mm-hmm. like, chilly uh, mid-70s. Uh, but today today it did reach 90. So mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who even knows? Like, uh, it's, I mean, we're not getting the, the worst of it right now. So yeah. just small blessings, but. Yeah, I think we'll yeah. we'll probably yeah. be fine. Our actually our AC is on the fritz right now, but um, yikes, yikes. we've uh, been all right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Texas's main problem right now is that uh, is that in the winter you you now just like get really cold. <laughs> yeah, we're our dumb power grid is just not prepared for any kind oh. of uh, oh, weather no, variances. No, no. <laughs> not even a little bit. That's, that's kind of a kind of a yeah. <laughs> So yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed your trip to Portland. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> yeah, um, if if you ever go up there again, um, uh, depending on the nature of your visit, like we could even meet you up there. Ah, that would be so nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. We could. I, I'll Renu. I I swear, if we go to Portland um, together, I will show you uh, my favorite ramen place up there, and I'll show you. Uh, my favorite little little curry spot up there, the Japanese curry spot. Ooh. Um, it's run by like this like one like nice Japanese man, uh, who just really likes his curry. <laughs> what? That's so cute! <laughs> Isn't it great? Oh That's my so gosh! Good. I love I love that. I love places like that. It's like so nice and cozy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Doesn't it just? <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know, anything else? Anything else you're up to? I don't know. That was mainly it. Um, that was the, the most main exciting thing. Yeah. Thing, yeah. <laughs> the most exciting thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I've been, I think, doing a lot of just like trying to to find ways to occupy my time uh, while procrastinating, like you know, uh, looking for a job and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, I recently. Uh, I recently restrung my guitar. Um, oh, that was an interesting experience. Yeah, um, because my guitar's just kind of been sitting there for like uh, probably a couple of years. I don't. I don't think I've played it since. Oh boy! Since the Wonderwall days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I did use I did used to 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 jokingly play the opening chords to Wonderwall when we were in uh, when we were in voice together. Um, but I think I stopped playing, uh, at all around my, my junior year of college. Oh. Um, so it has been a, a considerable couple of years yeah. since then. Yeah. Have you been, uh, watching, uh, anything interesting? Uh, aside from like what we've been watching, obviously, uh, together, right? Yeah. Like, like we've been watching, um, the, uh, the, the, I would honestly say, like, just too much anime that's been happening uh, for the, the spring season. Like, there's so much I, I like, legitimately yeah. don't know what we're going to do about it. Yeah, um, me too. I think we might have to just start, like, divvying shows up and... I think so. And, like, I think we will I, have to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think so. Um, because, like, there's so much... I honestly might just watch everything, Uh I think you should. Um, maybe we'll just watch as much as we can separately, and then come sure, back. Sure, but sure. like, like I think... we should obviously watch the stuff we're watching together, like 
still together. Um, yeah, we could save like stuff like My Hero, Akka, and Fruits Basket for I guess like next season or whatever. Um, so we can watch it. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. probably what we're gonna have to have mm-hmm. to do. Um, I think I, I think also to be fair, um, the fact that uh the fact that To Your Eternity is like twenty or so episodes, like it's it's like a it's a two core. I don't know um, what they're gonna do. I I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. It's it's very like I don't know where the story <laughs> is going to go. Right. But like I can't say I'm not like invested. Yeah. Um because like the story has has taken me through some twists and turns yeah. but like man, you know? Mhm. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean I I guess what I've been watching is like stuff that we didn't watch during our sampler um but oh, stuff that's yeah. from the season mm-hmm. um so i've been watching like the new shaman king and oh, that's yeah, been yeah. fun yeah i uh, completely forgot about that because it's in netflix joe yeah 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 <laughs> and um <laughs> i watched bakten mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah, and uh I-, I watched um nomad which we did get to nomad in the yeah, sampler yeah. but um, we didn't continue, um, but we yeah. we haven't watched a, a yeah a, an overly large amount of how mm-hmm. how has that been? Um, extremely different. Extremely different. The than season one, yes. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I mean, maybe I'll save it more for when we do the wrap up. But yeah, it's if you liked the first season, you and you're like, oh, I want more Megalobox, and you want to watch the second season, just like be forewarned that it is. A very different story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um in- interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How how far are you in? Are you caught up? Uh yeah, I'm caught up. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh I, I think of of all the things I I probably just like will not be able to. So I'll I'll leave that to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna try my hardest to watch uh eighty six and sure. uh and Vivi. Vivi because uh, those are the ones that I was uh really interested in. And I think together we're we're probably going to continue watching To Your Eternity, obviously. Um we're watching Zombieland saga, um which I think has a has a couple more episodes, right? Yeah, or something. Yeah, something I don't know. like that, yeah. Uh, I I don't a hundred percent remember what uh like where we are with that. Um, yeah. Um. What else? Uh. There's Tokyo Revengers. Tokyo Revengers. Yeah. yeah. Um. If I if I have time, I think I I, I will watch Tokyo Revengers. Yeah. Uh. Oh, there's SSS Dinazanon. Oh, Dinazanon. Yeah. Dinazanon. I should watch that too. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I always forget I always forget that there's the the extra in there too. Yeah. Um Yeah, like Oh, Shadow's House. We're watching Shadow's House. Yeah, we're watching Shadow's House. That's been interesting. Um Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really excited, honestly. Like I I mean, obviously like uh, problems with sort of anime overproduction aside, um this this season is ridiculous. I don't crazy like what? This season is so silly. It's yeah. one season, but it's just so long. <laughs> I it feels it feels like there's like more good anime this season than there has been uh in any season. Like 
I feel like the uh, I think there was like a it was like a fall or a winter season a couple of like years ago that was really really good. Um, and this this just kind of like is like hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're uh, where we're at with that. We're very behind just because we we had to skip a, a lot of days for for various reasons um, for for scheduling stuff. Uh, yeah, and I, I've just generally kind of been busy, um, while at the same time been spending a lot of time just kind of like checking out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I I just needed a little 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 time to check out, little time to check out. Um, I have not been feeling like the greatest, honestly, mm. uh, and I don't I don't know what combination of that is just like uh, the pandemic catching up to me and like me just not having really exercised uh, my body, like. It just moved it at all in the last like couple months. Oh my <laughs> right? god! I mean, there's certainly a, an aspect of like of uh of my my well being that is tied to the fact that I like don't I don't move. Oh, of course, yeah. I live a very sedentary lifestyle, so um, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that thing uh, that you know my friends are are vaccinated now, and we can we can hang out a little bit more because it means I have uh, an excuse not to just be glued to my computer twenty four seven. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, just like um, right now, I I like don't have any projects to work on really. Um, uh, not not for money at the very least. Um, and like I've been meaning to work on personal projects because obviously I always scream about like oh, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I get more time. And I'm just like I'm tired. <laughs> 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 it's awful. It's awful. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> But I think I I think I think that's a uh, a lot of people are like that I think yeah yeah like uh, all of the work on their personal project gets done when when they should be doing work on you know uh, mm-hmm. the stuff they get paid for but what can you do I guess um, yeah uh, but I think the just the fact that I haven't really had any projects right now is has been a little stressful to me honestly just because like it means I have no money um, oh yeah which is not not ideal um <laughs> that could be better not <laughs> of course of course as as always you know just just for the record you know money is good uh people need it to survive in in our society um yeah i think i might apply for some like part-time jobs or something sure um especially because like uh like you mentioned like stuff has always been kind of lackadaisical in uh in, in Texas around like COVID restrictions. Well, California just like kind of started opening up, which oh. is, um, I'm not going to lie a little stressful, uh, mm. just because like, you know, I, the pandemic isn't, isn't over. Like we're, yeah. we're vaccinated, but that, that doesn't mean you can't carry the virus. And like some people, and there's like a new, a new variant rolling around and like, yeah. you know, um, I think yeah, like, it's it's kind of like a uh, weird it it's it's a weird situation where you know it, it's like how do you prepare for like a new variant? Do you continue to quarantine and and stuff like that? How long do we quarantine? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people have to earn livelihoods again. You know, the they can't sure. keep relying on government think, handouts that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. like part of it is definitely just the fact that um, now that people have been getting vaccinated and like yeah. you know the vaccination rate obviously is pretty decent in california yeah. mm-hmm. um they're like 
well, you're like, we have to open now so that we can, right, uh, we exactly. can get our economy rolling. I think that's the right? main thing is that the people are vaccinated. No, sure. they, they feel like it's it's a green and, light to, to go. And it's it, it kind of sucks because like um like it starts from a, from like a a state like legislature level yeah right mm-hmm. um and it just it still just feels like maybe a little little premature um especially when you consider the fact that like like we have only just started to let like like kids and teenagers um like right. teenagers specifically yeah. get mm-hmm. vaccinated so like. Children can still get sick, mm-hmm. and people want to open schools back up because everything else is opening back up. Right? And yeah, that's like that's not an ideal situation, and I and I understand like um, why there's a lot of hesitancy around uh, like vaccines and children. Obviously, there's like the anti-vaxxer movement, and just the fact that like you don't really ever know like how something that is fine for adults will affect a child, right? Um, yeah, medically, mm-hmm. and that's that's obviously always going to be uh going to be a concern um and like uh i don't know it's it's just a messy situation all around obviously <laughs> i'm uh but like as a result anyway my my point was um i just really i just remembered my point was the fact that um as a result like things are starting to open back up and everyone is hiring now literally everyone oh. <laughs> yeah they're like oh uh, uh we're we're opening we're expanding our hours we need workers please <laughs> Well, uh, that could be a way for you to both earn income and move your body, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking of, like, applying to, like, um, work as, like, you know, like a bookshop clerk or something. Um, well, that would move your something. body out of your house. That would move my body out of my house. And, like, I think it's, like, a very, like, I I think, like, like, it, obviously, it's not, like, an easy job, right? No retail mm-hmm. job is. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh... I, I think there is something certainly to be said about uh, working in an environment that uh, that you find to be comfortable, um, and I do enjoy yeah. me a bookstore. You know, I think uh, um, I think you would be good at it because I th- I think if people came to you for recommendations, you'd be able to chat them up and give them some good sure, suggestions. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I have a I have a degree in in English literature. I would I would hope like a little bit. You, know? <laughs> you were born for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Although I, I will say I've been painfully slacking on on reading books recently, mm. um, I think, and and I I think I realized this recently is a large part of the reason I I haven't been reading a lot of books uh, is uh, just one I don't really know. Um, I think I just don't have really a, a a good source of book recommendations at the moment. Mm, um, I feel that, like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I I used to read a lot of really cool books because I I was reading them for like class right yeah um, yeah and uh now that I'm out I don't really know how to find cool books anymore I'm uh, I'm kind of in the same boat yeah, yeah. it's it's because um, there's such a I mean there's so many books out there it's like how do you just choose right one like well, even if even in a genre there's so many it's also. I have this problem where uh, a lot of uh, commercially successful fiction does not super appeal to me. I think mm. because my my tastes are pretty specific. Um, mm-hmm. Like just just the fact that I like um, am so immersed in like you know manga and like sort of light novel yeah. uh, space uh, books tend to feel like it's and this is like very funny when I think about it. Um, but 
a lot of books tend to feel very samey at the end of the day. Um, mm. Even though I'm, I'll gladly sit there and read like like fifty like uh, uh, isekai uh, villainous premised you know stuff. I think like the the premise of a lot of uh, at least what people find to be like popular uh, mm-hmm. doesn't super a- appeal to me. And I think that's that's just a me thing. I think I think sure. my tastes are just very specific. Um, you need a villainous isekai book. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. I need I need like a villainous isekai book, but also like I feel like um the other problem is that when I find stuff that conceptually has the things that I want in it, um it has the problem of being uh like americanized or like oh. uh suited for like a, a an english speaking like western audience. Um and as a result things kind of get like like translated i guess is is a way to put it uh in a way that i i find kind of off-putting um or uh it isn't and that's a problem like you know let okay let's just say that the the publishing space of like english-speaking um books uh has had a very rocky track record with like um with uh with oriel uh orientalism let's say mm-hmm. um yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of fiction is very like, um, very orient uh, orientalist, which is I think what I like about isekai fiction, where um, it's essentially like this is what this is what like Western fantasy looks like, um, diluted, uh, not diluted, but like um, passed through like a like a Japanese like lens, mm. um, and it feels very different from how. Um, or at the very least, it's, uh, it, it, as a person who is in, like, um, it, who lives in a Western country, right, you see a lot of the, the kind of exotification of, like, you know, Asian stuff mm-hmm. and culture in general. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of different when, uh, it's just Japan that's just like, well, okay, uh, here's like a, here's, I don't know, here's like a fantasy town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, don't. Don't get me wrong. I could sit here and I could talk about the the connections between uh, isekai and uh, and Japanese imperialism for hours. <laughs> Don't get me started. You know I would. <laughs> but also, it's my guilty pleasure. I think. Like I I sit down and I read an isekai and I'm just like haha the the demon king Brangler. <laughs> it's nice it's just what i'm comfortable with you know um, what if um when, when you find something you like you know yeah i i what if you wrote like or not wrote but read the like original like light novels i guess that yeah these things are yeah i honestly I've, I've considered it yeah um i think uh i think i have but i think the problem to me is always the uh it it always depends, I think, on how good the translation is, because mm. it's different from when you're translating dialogue and from when you're translating prose. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, there's a certain charm to just like a, a translated kind of cadence, right? Like, um, I feel like there is a specific vibe that you get from stuff that has been translated that uh, that on occasion I I do enjoy. Um, especially if it's done, you know, lovingly and with, with care. Um, 
and and proficiently. Um, but I think a lot of times uh, the problem I run into is when I read light novels, I'm reading, um, and this might just be because I'm I'm hypersensitive to to prose uh, to like English prose. Um, I read it and I'm like, this is not very good. <laughs> This is not I, very know, well written. Yeah, you know? I, I know exactly what you mean, because I've also run into the same problem when reading translated works of like fiction from other you know languages or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. It, it like even though the content of the story is very engaging, the actual writing itself is very dry because it's a translation um, and they're right. trying to make it like as accurate as possible. And yeah. I know what they're going for if I have a sense for how the original language is structured, but it doesn't flow, you know, or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, they, 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 they don't put in like, they, they put in the translator's lens, but they hadn't put in the writer's lens, you know. They Correct. Put, like, some, yeah. some people are decent translators and bad right. writers. Right, uh, exactly. Which, I mean, all in all makes you kind of like an, a, a middling translator, really. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, that's mean. I shouldn't say that. I mean, like, it, it, it just means that, like, when it comes to, um, I, I suppose I should say it, it's just kind of one people kind of underestimate, like, how important the job of translation is. Uh, like, I've, I've talked about that in relation to, like, you know, VTubers and stuff. Um, and on the other hand, it's also, like, it's kind of just speaks to, like, writing as a skill, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just because something is uh, is written in a way that is engaging for for a Japanese audience does not mean it will be engaging when it is translated um, into uh, a, into English, right? Something that you can read. Um, right. I think you have certain expectations about it, and sometimes it just doesn't doesn't really um, deliver. I think I like works when i read things that have a lot of text i like works that have like very good prose sure Um, especially when that prose is like uh is written very deliberately and i think i think that's just kind of where a lot of uh translations like falter a little bit like obviously most of these are just like amateur projects like people like right like like, they do it for free and that'll yeah and and like Mm -hmm. it is a valuable service i absolutely uh am am not uh i'm not here to pick a bone with the people who who translate that stuff because Mm -hmm. i think they are uh possibly one of the most like dedicated and Mm -hmm. and selfless groups of people on the internet um godspeed uh so like they they put in all the work and the money and the time so that schlubs like me can be like mm, <laughs> i didn't I like the way that another you wrote semicolon that. here yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um it, it it might just be because i'm really picky right um as a uh i, I don't think as, so as I think... well i i mean just i in general i'm very picky right like as somebody who who writes prose um or who is like a writer and writes like poetry and prose like um and like game stuff right uh it's how things flow to me is is very important and i think i think what's important is there is a difference between a work that you can tell it has been translated and a work that has uh just all the life taken out of it right sure yeah i mean i think it's fine to be able to sometimes criticize translations in that way because sure. it it does break up the flow of the story that the original author intended, right? They wrote it a certain way that translates mm-hmm. a certain way in their own language to the reader, but that does that you know, there's a block there when the translator isn't yeah. able to 
somehow convey that to a foreign audience but that t- that part is like so difficult you know yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's, um, it's almost yeah. impossible to capture yeah, right e- exactly because you know you would have to find another writer who's basically the same to be able to, to take another pass at the translation and write it in the same way as the uh, original author and that but in a different language and that's just crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and and at that point like uh you're really delving into like uh translation as like transformative work not to say that it's yeah, not yeah. transformative but like right. um some people will then complain at you because they're like this isn't this isn't the original japanese right and that's obviously yeah a, a giant pain in the ass i think that's uh, a, I, right yeah yeah no I, I mean i was just gonna say like i think like I have definitely read translations that have been beautiful, right? Yeah, and like yeah, well absolutely. And, and, like, conveyed what should have been conveyed to me. I think, like, the gap is that what is appealing and necessary to convey in one language is not the same, um, both linguistically and culturally across uh, across languages, right? Like, the problem is what is considered engaging writing in Japanese might not be considered engaging writing for an English-speaking audience. Right. Um, and how you bridge that gap is very interpretive and bound to get you hate no matter what you do. Um, yeah. I, I think the problem I have is just when things that I read feel like I'm reading it like like it's a Wikipedia article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's always been my problem. I think is that is sure. like the dryness of a Wikipedia. It's not, so not dry. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not to say that Wikipedia isn't interesting and like I don't like learning about things and I like it, but mm-hmm. it's also just like it feels I, there's a level of separation between me and the narrative here that I do not want to exist. That I can kind of ignore um, unless it's like extra egregiously bad uh, when reading manga because I could just be like, oh, look at the pictures. I think it's um. Like a, there's a lack of artistry there because writing is an art form. Sure. That, yeah, yeah. You know, you when when you break it down into just words, then that that's basically what separates like an amateur writer from um you know a more skilled one is that they have a way to manipulate the words in, in an artful way. Um, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's it's the difference between someone who's painting by numbers versus an artist who you know. Well paints <laughs> writing is definitely one of those like low-key underappreciated skills like obviously like yes, art yes like in general um like visual drawn art uh you hear horror stories of like oh can i pay you an exposure or like <laughs> why am i paying 50 dollars for something you you like uh drew in 10 minutes it's like well because right. I, I spent like years making it, me myself able to be do it in 10 right yeah that kind of stuff um, but I, I think like um in general people still don't really appreciate like writing uh as as an art form and like how important and impactful it is um people only notice the absence of good writing i think that people s- sometimes i feel like really just don't appreciate like good prose um in yeah. a certain way and i guess like obviously it, it, maybe it has something to do with the fact that you know we're a very like we're we're a very visual culture um we really like our television shows and stuff uh mm-hmm. like I would say that the stereotype of American culture is that we're not a very, like, booked culture. <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously there are, you know, exceptions and stuff. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like um, people, don't quite un- uh, people don't quite appreciate that, like, writing well 
and being a good writer isn't necessarily having the floweriest language or the most words. It's just like knowing how to use words to mm-hmm. evoke what what you're trying uh, to get. Right. At, right. Exactly. You know, your, your work doesn't need to sound like an SAT test or whatever. Right. With all um, the fancy words that you would never use in common language just to make you sound smart. It yeah, like it just needs to be impactful. It's very mm-hmm. possible to have a, a book written completely in like plain language, like um, mm-hmm. very plain language, right? Uh, the kind of stuff that a fifth grader would understand, but to be able to put mm-hmm. them together in such a way as like it evokes like an emotion or a feeling, right? That's, right. that's writing. And I yeah. think like that's mm-hmm. kind of the essence that people, uh, often are just kind of like shrug emoji i guess so yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) people don't appreciate writing i say as a as a literature major i'm like "Eh, people should read more books i I, you can do what you want right i read manga instead of books yeah i literally me i'm just like oh people don't read books wait i don't read books fuck Oh no! Dang it! <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> oh no! I'm 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 baby. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, yeah. Also, just like um. I think like in general, I I have read a lot of books uh mm-hmm. throughout my years uh, of being alive, and um. I think that a lot of the times, uh, <laughs> I I think that the the predominant mode of uh operation that we have here um and this is this is slowly but surely changing um i think in in the popular sort of uh book space but um for a long time uh the sort of uh how how do i put this the the deification of the three act structure right uh-huh, the, I- yeah. the idea that um like a good uh, a good story falls under this like these parameters right it's like there needs to be like rising action and like a climax and falling action and there need to be like character conflicts and and like uh motivations and stuff and uh you know you need like this amount of of this and you should always uh be aiming to to get your your you know uh characters into um the most trouble you can and like and give them the most like agency you can and that's all fine but it's also like um People speak about this, this, like, uh, three-act structure and, like, you know, what is considered good writing in, um, in a Western space. And they don't consider that that is not what all stories are like or structured like. And it's kind of a shame because it's not, like, super popular here, uh, at least in the, like, novel space. But there is, like, a lot of, um, like, even if you look at, like, uh, stuff in in japan like a lot of like slice of life stuff slice of life doesn't follow a 3x structure uh it's actually completely different um it doesn't and and some people don't like it because of that right they bounce off it because they're right. like i want i want stuff yeah. to happen i want i want a plot right. to happen, right mm-hmm. but like the entire point of of the genre and what people derive enjoyment from uh is is the fact that like it's just kind of mundane, right? I, there's mm-hmm. there's something uh, appealing about that that mundanity to them, um, and I I have to say like, you know I I, I don't really disagree. Like if uh, if somebody wrote uh like a, a cool slice of life novel in like a in in a uh, like an innovative or like an interesting fantasy world, I think fantasy is just too samey. You know what? 
that here's my hot take <laughs> fantasy is too much the same which is crazy considering it's a genre where you could just do anything you can do anything you want and like we've latched onto these tropes yeah. i think in fantasy sure yeah we're we are yeah. married to the idea of of tolkien and like tolkien and yes, like, tolkien yes, and fantasy yes. you know mm -hmm. um and that is part of what draws me a lot to uh you know to like isekai works because it's taking place in a similar fantasy world but one that is completely separated and um abstracted from that uh mm -hmm. because they're like we're just going to reinterpret this for the stuff that that we uh enjoy and um like obviously there are dwarves and elves because dwarves and elves are a popular staple of of like western fantasy quote unquote video games right um but they don't fulfill the same kind of like tired like sort of tropes um and and on on that note like even the story it's the stories themselves are like just very different i think like um i'm interested in rpg fantasy as a as a genre all its own because there are certainly i i'm almost like there are definitely like western examples of this out there um but I would be somewhat curious, I think, to to inspect how how that uh, chalks up, um, just because like it's such a thing in Japan, um, and it's something that I like. I just think about a lot. Uh, I it's one of those things that's like there's comfort in what you know. Um, if I go into a series and I'm just like, well, I mean, this is a a, a very straightforward series where like a, a boy gets isekai and then he's gonna uh use his his cheat power to not die you know that kind of stuff um mm -hmm. but at the same time i think uh i think the reason i've i'm so attracted to it is just just because i'm kind of done with like western fantasy as interpreted through a western lens um mm. i feel kind of i feel like you know there's a lot of like you know heroic destinies and like stopping uh evil mega plots to to destroy the world and it's like cool great i kind of just want a story about like a fantasy world and like what goes on in that fantasy world i kind of just want like the world building bit like you know uh kind of passed through the lens of like a single character or something you know i want mushishi but like in in a I fantasy setting right yeah no i i, I completely get that it's it's like um, there can be like an oversaturation of it, depending on mm -hmm. you know where you live and how much that content is available. Sure, sure. Um, and then also there's like there's the simple fact that you're gonna be drawn to certain aspects of, you know, the fantasy genre or whatever genre you know in general. So some people are more interested in like the world building and they don't care about characters, and then mm -hmm. some people are more interested in like, I don't know, like fantasy architecture or whatever. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, maybe one day we'll have a fantasy architecture slice of life <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> where yeah. our architect gets isekai'd and then, you know, we get to follow his adventures or her adventures. <laughs> Which is, I, actually, I think that's really funny just because, like, I like travel, uh, like, television is, is pretty popular, I would say, like, in stateside, right? Like yeah. travels, travel <gasps> narratives. Oh my in gosh, a travel show, but in fantasy right, land. Exactly. <laughs> like, that that that's like what I want. Um, and that's oh what, my god, that's what a lot of like uh like Japanese like properties uh deliver to me, and I'm just like mm, delicious. Let me just eat that right up. Um, nom 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 nom. Yum 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 yum. You know, <laughs> I think 
it is because there is a um there is an attention to to minute detail in a lot of Japanese fantasy work that does not happen in uh western fantasy because I think western fantasy is very concerned with uh like one the the overarching plot um and two world building as a uh as a historical wargaming exercise like Mm. Consider the the two different kinds of 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 world building um when you look at uh something like uh something like Dungeon Meshi, right? One of <laughs> one of my favorite yeah. fantasy series of all time and uh-huh. something like um oh, I I I would bring up like a, you know, um uh, like a popular fantasy novel like Name of the Wind or something, but I actually legitimately could not I have not read those. Um, I'm I'm okay not reading like the 800 page novel. Um, I've been told what it's like, and um, I I just don't need more white guy fantasy in my life. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, but like let's okay let's just take like the 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 most basest line uh sort of uh approach here and like um and and just like talk about uh I was gonna say Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings is actually a really bad example. Um. Because I think, ironically, Lord of the Rings, um, or at the very least, The Hobbit, right, is way more about those minute details in a way that um, sure, yeah, a lot of fantasy after Tolkien and inspired by Tolkien isn't. Like, I think, yeah, yeah, I know. I tend to agree. I think it's, it could be that we end up uh, in the Western, you know, side of things. Uh, because we are we have such a huge exposure to Tolkien, we kind of take those details for granted now because it's yeah. just kind of like assumed that they're well, there. Um, versus mm-hmm. like in another country, if they're doing the fantasy, the like specifically Western fantasy, they have to kind of like break it down and yeah, analyze it totally. and figure out what makes a Western fantasy and and, and yeah. make sure to include yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like the thing is, like, um, okay, let's take, uh, let's let's take like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Sure. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I think if if we're going to talk about the kind of like uh, the aggregation of mm-hmm. like big fantasy properties, um, we should probably talk about D and D, which is just like this weird like a ama- like cultural amalgamation of, you know. It's a pastiche of Western fantasy, right? Um, yeah. So there is this kind of sense of um, the, the important details are all related to uh, history, right? And that makes sense, right? Like Tolkien was was like a like a historian. Um, so there's obviously like you know he wrote like The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Um, he wrote the Silmarillion, which is like uh, the like explanation of all the stuff that happens, and like I think people get caught up on that, like the big world building. They're like, okay, so at the beginning of all time, angels descended and created the planet, right? Um, and they talk about all of the historical factions and wars that have taken place, but where Tolkien succeeds that a lot of Western fantasy fails is the minute details of what is it actually like to live in this world, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. The thing about The Hobbit um, that I I really like, right, is the fact that there's a lot of 
attention paid to the culture of what it of like hobbits and like okay they eat Mm -hmm. this much they live in holes they don't wear shoes they're short right um people overlook them right and it's yes that's kind of the aspect of fantasy that i've always been chasing i think right me too yeah i I completely agree yeah and it's the kind of fantasy that is weirdly very much more popular in japan where they're way more willing to tell you like well this like um they're way more willing to tell you like okay like this is popular uh, uh like uh Let's just, like bread is popular amongst human populations because there's wheat all over uh, and like close to them, right? It p- actually pays attention to what people are eating. It pays attention to like what people like where and why, right? Um, there is yeah, yeah, definitely a ton of attention paid to those those uh, details that while they're not important to the big overarching plot or whatever, even if like if there is even one. Right there, they give a very grounded sense of what it's like to exist in that space. And I think in that way, like, that's why Japan is so much better at escapist fiction than like, uh, (laughs) than, than the West is. It's definitely like a a wildly different style of storytelling. Like with Western audiences, um, a Western writer might feel like, uh, you know, a fear of boring their audience because Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. attention you know, the attention span is, like, maybe smaller or they, they want to get to the good stuff sooner. Right, you know, right. the excitement's, like, already there. And so they try and plow through that as quickly as they can or build up to it as quickly as they can um, versus in Japanese storytelling. It tends to kind of, like, take the liberty of slowing down. There's, there's like, a value in that. Um, there... And so that, that might put off, like, a Western, you know, audience member who... Uh, they think that it's like the pacing's all wrong and that it needs to, you know, like, like there's right. a different pre- yeah. preference in that, I, I think, guess. Um, I think the thing is that, yeah. like, um, Western fiction to me is is individualist fiction. It's it's mm-hmm. about, like, characters and their agency and what they're going to do, right? A story is bad if your characters do not have agency. But in, like, non-Western stories, um, a lot of that is is does not hold true. Right. It's what I would consider like um, I wouldn't even say collectivist. I think it's just like social fiction. Right. Societal fiction. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It is this idea that uh, you are not uh, the person who will change the world. You are a person who lives within this society. And like it is up to you to to navigate, you know, your own sort of path within it. But for, for the most part, right, like you're not really going to go around like uh upheaving kingdoms and and stuff like that right which is the kind of like uh the power fantasy like in you know um and i mean you know obviously yeah. there, well, there's mean, some nuance there's, to it yeah i think there there definitely exists like the power fantasy oh god don't even get me started on isekai japanese right? don't literature. get me started on isekai. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even in even in like isekai, uh, a lot of it is about like um, adapting to a new society and seeing yeah. like what mm-hmm. what it's like there. Obviously, a lot of isekai trends towards uh, the the conclusion of that being well, this is obviously inferior to Japanese culture, so I should just introduce them to the superior culture, which uh, ding ding colonialism. Um, but <laughs> like, I think it is. It's interesting to me, um, like how how that how like that's so different, because um, I think 
a large part of the reason for that is um, uh, American audiences and, and Western audiences in general, but American audiences, like, specifically, I feel like um, do not like that feeling. Um, they don't like the feeling of, of being, like, uh, disenfranchised or at the, at, the whim, at the mercy of, like, societal forces. And a lot of our cultural narratives are about resisting that right it's about yeah yeah no i agree um i think a lot of stories like um if you were to think of like the origin of like uh, a superhero story or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the the character starts off weak or normal and due to some freak accident or like societal forces or whatever they gain powers to then rebel against the societal you know whatever thing right they're they're battling against um so i think yeah it is definitely born out of some from some kind of like societal frustration and uh therefore building a fantasy where you are able to overcome it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think maybe i i don't know, I, th- I would say that there's a there could be similar themes in japanese media oh there well. definitely are yeah um yeah i think uh, i think it's interesting <laughs> yeah totally totally um i I'm a I'm a big fan of it, obviously, like I've said, and I, and I think this like it reminds me a lot of how uh, when you have like character profiles for uh, characters in like Western works and characters in manga, um, it's it's very interesting to see how they how they tend to differ um, because a lot of times, um, one uh, Western profiles tend to be pretty like. They tend to be pretty like like summary um, and and not spoilery. Like they don't like to spoil what happens, but um, mm. it's kind of just like very like well, this is a this is the person. Like this is uh, what like how old they are. Uh, this is what they look like, and then here's like their backstory, right? And then like you see like a Japanese profile for a character, um, and they list like how tall they are, what their weight is, uh, their birthday, blood their blood, <laughs> their blood type, and their horoscope. Right? Like those are yeah. such like insignificant details. Um, <laughs> but they they lend to being able to interpret the characters in in different ways. That I think um, is kind of left sort of free form for people in uh, in in, uh, in the West uh, and in Western stories. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's just a difference in priority, right? Sure. There, I think in a lot of Western stories, they they try to trim the fat, and like, um, mm-hmm. I think there's uh, there's certainly a huge value in being able to tell a concise story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Japanese media tends to, um, well, it can it has the freedom to meander, and some people like that, and some people don't. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Cool. Well, I would love to continue talking about this, um, but <laughs> we are going to have to wrap up uh, right about now. Um, it's a little bit of a, a little. I mean, I would. I was gonna say it's a little bit of a shorter episode, but actually, we did. We did go for about about the the proper length ish. But um, we have to get going so that we can uh, stream. So um, we're gonna have to wrap <laughs> up now. Uh, and yeah. Why don't that we? That was fun. I wasn't expecting to get into a Japanese versus American yeah. literature discussion. I mean, it's always an adventure. <laughs> it's always an adventure yeah. on the podcast. You know, <laughs> um, it's only a matter of time until one of us hits a segue and and it just like we just go off. 
Yeah, uh, I have maybe too yeah. many thoughts and opinions about uh, about that. So <laughs> maybe it was inevitable that we ended up here. Actually, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always <laughs> inevitable that we talk about isekai, right? Like that's just how yeah, it is. Yeah, I exactly. mean, you can't talk about anime without talking about isekai. Um, yeah. So yeah. why don't we uh, why don't we uh, mosey on over to the to the ye old wrap up section? Uh, who Woo. who are you, and where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I am Renu, also known as Swan. You can find me on um, Twitch and Tumblr and Facebook and all that at Swandrawn. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. I'm doing art stuff, and I am making such good progress in playing Judgment. Hey, we are just plowing through it. We recently switched to playing it in the English dub, and it is so fascinating. Really? I would say a huge amount of the uh, Persona Five cast. Um, oh, yeah, is in the English dub. Well, yeah, that's like I um, mean, that's that's just like any yeah. any like dubbing scene, right? I feel like there's only like five voice yeah. actors. Yeah, but it's like it it it's kind of interesting because um, uh, my chat was saying like it's kind of like the the English voice acting all stars. They they just yeah. put them all into the Judgment Which... voice. Acting, the English voice Which, acting. you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's yeah. it's a high profile property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting because I I think Yakuza has a lot of obviously a lot of like really uh, like a list uh, voice actors, but also like I feel like Yakuza has a lot of people that don't do like video game voice acting that often, but have other things to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. they're famous people, obviously, but like. Um, like like the fact that uh that all of the the bosses uh, are like based on on like yakuza actors in like actual yeah, yeah I think that's, I think so that's awesome. really funny. Um <laughs> yeah. It's it's very funny whenever we hear uh, we hear Kiryu in uh in anything. We're like, "Hey, it's Kiryu." <laughs> Cuz honestly, he doesn't even he doesn't even really do that much work uh, uh in terms of like voice acting for for anime and games like he's basically Kiryu. Actually, same yeah, he, same yeah. thing for Majima. He's basically just Majima. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really fun and cool. Um Yeah. Did you know that the original Majima was voiced by Mark Hamill? Yes, I did. I think that's wild. That weirdly that and- weirdly kind of works, doesn't it? Mark Hamill apparently has absolutely no memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dub. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. <laughs> anyway, um, so cool. Uh, anything else? That's it. Okay. Uh, you can find me all the places at Literal Soup. Um, every Saturday at uh, ye old 8 p.m. PDT. We Ooh. play Ace Attorney together. Um, we Ooh. have started the second case of the third game, and we're currently making our way through that. Uh, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, Renu and I have... I am very excited. Renu and I have uh, switched <laughs> roles somewhat so that I may, uh, yes. I may play my favorite character, I think, in the series, Prosecutor Gatto. Yes. Um, so please, 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 please come check us out uh, because I... I look forward to uh, to our Saturday stream every week. Uh, it does not matter if I've been feeling bad. It does not matter if uh, you know uh, I've been busy. I'm always looking forward to it. There's never a time when yeah, I'm just like, yeah, me too. Mm, I don't want to do <laughs> No, I always I always want to do Ace Attorney stream, and it's super exciting yeah. because like um, we're we're just about July. Uh, it we're honestly probably 
it's going to be a little while until we finish uh, the third game because there's a lot of lot of cases. Um, but the a- Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which are the the two yes. spinoff games about uh, Phoenix Wright's ancestor, um, yeah, are coming out on Steam, so we can actually play those. I'm so excited! So we're gonna yes, we're gonna yes, probably yes. play those right after we play uh, Trials and Tribulations, and uh, that's Woo. gonna be super fun. We'll get to play a yeah. quote unquote modern Ace Attorney game. Uh, anyway um so yeah come absolutely come check us out uh i i do tend to stream other stuff on on that channel uh very occasionally i've been slacking recently just because i've been tired but and you know feeling Mm. like a recluse but uh i i hope to start you know doing (laughs) stuff again um plus my friends are finally i think out of the the uh uh world of warcraft classic burning crusade um like grind hole uh because uh, Wild Classic has been moving um, through the the expansion, or they started moving through the expansion. So they did the Burning Crusade um, on June first, and uh, then uh, basically uh, my two friends that played WoW, I I just didn't hear from for like a month. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know how it do. Anyway, um, <laughs> all the places at Laurel Soup, uh, come come check me out, and. Our opening is by Scotchy Network, and our ending is by Takuma Okada. And the patrons we are thanking this month are Evan Williams, Frostfall, Cherubel, Magpie Mirror Test, Sean Dow, Undead Uncanny, Claire, and Dylan Boats. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. At this point in time, <laughs> we literally could not make the podcast without you. You, you, wow. you make, you keep us subscribed to the the awful, awful, awfulness that is the Funimation website. <laughs> I'm so sorry that your money goes to that. <laughs> anyway uh yeah so the next episode will probably be the uh the uh you know spring wrap up but we will uh oh that's that's probably not true is it or maybe it is actually no it is spring spring catch up and then that that special secret project that we have going right now um that timeline works pretty well actually okay (laughs) sounds good this sounds good all right We will see you next time. See you next time. またしたね。